Hi, and welcome to Ask Rev, a Christian podcast. Where you guys can come online and ask any questions you prefer. I'll be biblical, personal, theological, church-related. Hey, something else is going on in the world. You have questions. We'd love to be able to answer them. We would, and you can reach us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Ask Rev Podcast. On TikTok at rev.wayne. And then send us a good old-fashioned email at askrevpodcast at gmail.com. That is askrevpodcast at gmail.com. Y'all, we've been really enjoying the questions you guys have been sending in. And today we're actually kind of ta- hitting the topic of uh, creation, it seems. Yes, you so know. we're going to open our Bibles back up to Genesis. The beginning. We're going to go back to the to the old Bible stories we learned in Sunday school. Yes. You know, all the good ones. But it's really interesting to see because, guys, this is one of the things that we assume in the church a lot of times is that everybody knows these stories everybody knows these answers but the reality is not everybody knows these answers so all the questions you guys are asking are very pertinent and informative for everybody who's listening to these podcasts because some people might be like yeah i got that but they never understood why they understood why they believed that or they might be uh, asking the questions of hey i always kind of questioned that where would the answer really come from so we're here to kind of help you guys navigate that process what can we do to help you guys Learn more of scripture and focus in on it a little bit more. Yes. So our first question in the beginning, were there only 24 hours in a day? That is a really good question. Actually, the reality is uh, our our days on earth are not actually 24 hours. They're like 23 hours and some odd minutes long. Like I think it was like 23 hours and 47 minutes long. Wouldn't it be 59? No. Minutes? No. It's like uh, <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson. I love that man. Uh, I was doing a podcast a while ago that I was listening to, and he actually made that comment to us. like, hey, did you know actually it's not a 24-hour day, but we use a 24-hour cycle for everything that we base everything on. But honestly, it only takes 23 hours and some odd change of minutes to get all the way around the sun. And I was like, oh, well, that's fascinating because that looks at us here, and we ask the question, well, is a 24-hour day in the beginning? Well, from history, we don't see it as 24 hours, so I have to say, no, it's not a 24-hour day. However, if we take it for the root cause of what this question is asking, is our day the day like the same kind of days that God had in creation? I would have to say no. Why do you say no? Well, let's open up Genesis one one and look and see what it says. It says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. <laughs> do 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 we not know the Bible? No, we do know the Bible. Let's just look. Here, so literally, what it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Where were you going with this point? All right, well, (laughs) let's look. So, the first day, so now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. All right, so we got the Spirit of God hovering, right? Yeah, all right. And it says, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw the light was good. So then He created light from dark, right? So there's no day yet, like, there's no like. Well, it's, this is the, I created Life the 24 dark, hour God time. Called the light day and the darkness called night. Yeah, but there was no like, the day is only six hours and the night is also six hours. There's and none there of that. There was an evening and there was a morning the first day. But it doesn't specify. No, but here's my question because this is always where the kind of argument comes to as well is why would God change it afterwards? What would be the purpose for God to change time afterwards for us? Why would he create time twice? The answer is he wouldn't have, because that means he started off wrong and then would have had to correct himself later. No, God created the day in the same 24-hour cycle or 23 hours and what up cycle that we have today. Because that way, 
one of my things I always realize is that God understands that we are limited beings. God doesn't do things that confuse us. He does things that are beyond our knowledge, beyond our understanding, yes. But that doesn't mean he's purposely trying to confuse us. Confusion is not of God, it's of devil, of the devil. And then that causes us to question things. It's of the devil. God's been very clear and absolute with us. He's always been open to us. And he says, hey, if you want to know more, come talk to me. I'd love to be able to show you more. God says, let's communicate. Let's have this relationship. Your brain cannot hold as much information as my brain can because, well, this is God speaking, not just kind of paraphrasing here, this kind of understanding that it's not what God said in his word. But it's like your brain, human brain can't understand the full capacity of God. It's why things like Trinitarian theology, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all being in one, does not make sense to humanity. But when God does things, when he creates things, he creates things in an order to us to understand. So when he did the 24-hour day, he created 24 hours in the beginning, or 23 hours, and somehow changes. We keep saying, "Thank you, Neil deGrasse Tyson, you, you confused me." But in that 24-hour day, right there, he made a function for us to be able to say, "Okay, here, I've created this. I called the light day, the darkness night. Not just that. There is a morning time and there's an evening time, and that is the first day. So whenever we see that cycle in the day, that morning, that afternoon." that evening and that night. That is exactly how God had created it in the beginning. But a lot of times people are like confused like that concept of day and night with when he builds like the heavenly bodies, like the sun, the moon, the stars, when he puts those all up. He's like, oh, well, that's well, that's when the day and night started. Yeah, that's definitely what I was thinking. Or was thinking. Well, so like when we kind of think that, we kind of limit the power of God because it's that that good old-fashioned southern pastor saying, you know, we didn't need the sun because we have the sun. You know, the S-O-N versus the S-U-N, which one's better? Uh, we come on. Somebody say hallelujah and hallelujah. text it to us. But, guys, when it comes down to like that, when it comes to... I, Y'all, Kaylee's dying laughing because, like, we see we have the recording put up here so we can see, like, the waves and stuff. If she saw it, just went really loud because she went, Hallelujah! And it was great because, like, my hallelujahs are very, like, low and deep. But she and I have two different voice types. So it's really kind of fun to watch when we look at our podcast stuff. But back to the primary topic over here. Like, the heavenly bodies, the heavenly stars, those don't define our day and night. They don't define what we do regularly within uh, creation. Those don't define our day. Those are just how we can judge it. But it was actually the light and darkness that God says is what defined the two. He said, this is how I'm going to show you the, the transition between them. There's going to be light and there's going to be darkness. Yeah, I guess a lot of times in children's literature for the Bible, it describes definitely that night and day were created later on in the creation story rather than just in the first day. Oh, yeah, and that's one thing that we kind of see a problem because uh, early on in life, a lot of us made this decision to change up how we interpreted Genesis chapter 1 so kids could understand it better because both of those are connected. The sun and light are connected, the moon... And darkness is connected. Although the, the moon provides light and darkness, which is really interesting. But it's just how our brains process it. We need something else to grasp onto. So, hey, here's a fun way for you to remember Scripture. But the problem is, is now we're kind of questioning the integrity of Scripture. We're kind of compromising it. Mm-hmm. Honestly, Scripture was under, easy to understand. God created light and darkness. Then he created the sun to help kind of herald in the day and the moon to herald in the night. Because I'm sure when he spoke, like the power of God was so magnificent that he created light. Because he talks about several times in the Bible when God made his presence, it was light. Well, literally, when he says, let there be light, 
it's that moment that that explosion happens. See, I always love this kind of thought because a lot of people like the the Big Bang Theory. A lot of Southern pastors have like these like phrases that we use regularly when we like start describing these things, and I love this one with the Big Bang Theory because it's always well God said bang and it happened because He spoke it into existence. Well, the reality is when we think of like a giant explosion, think of the booming voice of God. Mm-hmm. You know, I always laugh when I'm in a room full of kids and I really need to get their attention. I don't really yell. I just have this way to kind of just boom my voice. It's not a yell. It's kind of just a real quick blurt. And it's really kind of interesting because it fills the room. Well, that's just me in a small space, thinking of God in the absolute void of space itself. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden just says, let there be light. And there's a huge explosion just happens. Mm-hmm. And everything comes into existence. God himself is present in there. And the thing is... Uh, we could go down the whole uh, who created God argument here too. And I'll really say this. Um, the reality is God has been here before time and he will be here after time. That's the thing with uh, an eternal being. When we look at God himself, the almighty, God does not sit within our realm, within time. What does that mean, Pastor? Well, it's the same thing that we find in Scripture. A, an hour here is a thousand years. A thousand years is a day here. You know, there's always that kind of concept for us. There's like, God in his heavenly realm is outside time and space. That's why a lot of prophecies seem like they've already happened. Why was God able to show that? Well, because to us, when John the Revelator went to heaven, he saw all what was happening happening because it already had happened, and it was going to happen, and it was happening at the same time. All in that one moment, because really, time is not a construct that binds God. God created time when he said, this is day and this is night. Not, nothing to add to there. <laughs> uh, I just lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. It just went. <laughs> it's summer vacation. I don't have to think critically anymore. <laughs> this is what happens when you're a teacher on summer vacation, everyone. Yeah, I picked up my wife today because I was like, "Oh, she's not gonna be up before noon," and all of a sudden she beat me up, and she's like, "Hey, I'm already ready to go." Hey, and I made you lunch. Yeah, I was, I was showered, I was dressed, I had my face on, and I made lunch. I was very thankful for before that. you got home. So I'm very thankful. I'm a great man. wife. I never said you weren't. <laughs> I truly enjoy it. Uh, so another thought, I guess, to think about this in this question is. So were there only seven 24-hour days for the creation story? So after that seventh day, God rested, and then boom, Adam and Eve are just in the garden chilling? Or is there, like, does the Bible say that it went from day to day to day? Or is there a missing amount of time? Okay, well, one thing that we do see uh, in Scripture is the fact that God made a very pertinent statement. You know, he said, and that was the first day, and that was the second day, and that was the third day. You know, throughout the the Genesis one account, he makes the and through two. Sorry, he makes the purpose to say that this is the end of the first day, this is the end of the second day. So it shows to me that it is in a continuation, like we see throughout the week. It is day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six, and then day seven where he rested, or he finished up his work and rested, according to scripture. When we really kind of see these kind of Whenever we see something put in scripture, it's really there for a reason. Like we have to take everything in for granted, everything that, hey, this was written down for a purpose. So to me, that really says that that is a weak timeline. And then when we pick up in Genesis chapter three, we're picking up in the story with Adam and Eve. And there's always the question of the 
what's called the gap theory, which is like uh, between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. How long was that? Because it was 1,000 years, or is it 2,000 years, or is it like 10 billion years within those two passages when he says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and then he said, let there be light. What is the gap there? Because a lot of scientists today have began to scan the earth and come to find out through their understanding of uh, geology, through all things of biology and things like that that we've come to understand through science, which is really interesting because science, all it is is a study of God's creation at its minute details, at every last part of it. But they've come to date it up a couple billion years old where it would have to be for a creation for an earth, a planet, or whatever to be fully formed to the way it was. Well, my question is here, why didn't God, uh, why do we question if God did not just create the earth old? Like, it was fully formed. When he was started, when he was forming it, he separated the waters of the earth. That took a day for him. But understanding that we, we're not God, we can't do something like that in a day. We can't create humanity in a day. For us to create a human being, it takes our woman nine months, their body nine months to create that child. So it takes so much in that to really kind of argue because we're looking at everything. God, trying to understand the supernatural with a natural mind, but God is not natural. He is supernatural. He is beyond anything we can understand. So that gap there, the whole, are these things within a week? It really comes down to the fact that God said, hey, it was a week, and we have to understand that it was a week. Well, and it's in our modern context of what a week is. I believe there are certain cultures that believe the week starts on a different day or weeks are different lengths. The months are different lengths. Well, you have like the different arguments between the lunar calendar and the solar calendar. But the one thing that we come to find between a lot of the calendars is that a lot of them still wind up on the same similar cycle. They just mm -hmm. call the days differently. So a lot of uh, the cycles really do kind of unite. Not necessarily, I wouldn't say they call it a seven-day cycle. But they have that seven-day rotation in their calendar. So it's interesting because technically according to like the lunar calendar, which the Hebrews would have used at the time, because uh, remember the solar calendar that, uh, was created by Julius Caesar. The Julian calendar is what we call it, where we see him name himself and other, uh, other uh, monarchs. What's the name for the Greek? Uh, the, the Caesar. They're Caesars. Thank you. Uh, yeah. But as he called other Caesars, using their names like Caesar Augustus, Caesar uh, Juli uh, July being after him, Julius, all these different things you find, uh, sorry, fascinating by how calendars are made. So if you're bored, I understand. This is just what happens when you have a nerd behind the microphone. But when you see how all their calendars were formed, when they were using the lunar calendar, technically the years would have ended because I think it was like a 10-month cycle. The months were not necessarily organized. It was the week. It was the cycle of that. That was created. So we come to understand, okay, this time, for the lunar calendar, the lunar the, uh, moon rotates differently than the sun does. So we have to come to understand, okay, where does where do they line up? Which one was more right? Mm -hmm. All right. So how about six-day creation versus seven-day creation? It is seven days of creation. I am hardcore on this. As everybody else says, the six days is wrong. Because according to the scripture, it said on the seventh day, God finished his work and he rested. It does. I'm looking at it right now. All right. What's the verse? Okay. Uh, it is Genesis 2 and 2 through 3. Let me read it for you. Even There's even a headline in my Bible and it says, The seventh day, God rests. So just there. But here we go. Genesis 2, 1 through 3. 
Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. He was done. He so, finished it. Guys, when I say I finished the work, I say I finished the work for the day that I finished the work. All right? So, like, here in a couple hours, whenever I walk out of the office, I'm like, hey, I'm done with the work day. I'm not going to walk into the office tomorrow and be like, yeah, I was done with yesterday's work today. No, that's not how it works, people. Come on. But that's just like semantics. Really in the um, really in the purpose of Scripture, it is really per- important to remember that when God says it, it has a purpose and meaning. He finished his work on the seventh day. So whatever he was doing that day, he had finished it and made it complete. So it was the seventh day of creation. But on the seventh day, he also created the Sabbath. Which the Sabbath is a very important part of not only the church world, but actually our human bodies. We need a day of rest. We need a day to take away from it. That's why when we shifted from a five-day work week in our culture, in American culture, when we went to a seven-day work week, it's where every day somebody's at the clock. Things like um, mental health disorders, uh, suicides, all these things skyrocketed. It's because we were not giving our bodies time to rest and heal like they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. We're not giving a moment to shut down. That's why it's so important to take your Sabbath. And when he said he took the Sabbath and made it holy, he said, this is a perfect, this is set apart. He said, this is set aside for God. When he uses the word holy, it is set apart for God. Mm-hmm. Also, he says it three times mm-hmm. there. He had finished the work he had done. Three times. So we get so caught up in the fact that it was six days of him do, building something. He said this. And a lot of people, and that's one of the problems that we find with people, uh, with uh, theologians like Ken Ham. Who brought out the idea of six-day creation with his creation museum and the ark? Which, by the way, if you've not been to the creation museum and the ark, they're fantastic. Go look at them; they're awesome. But this process, because Ken Ham's not the only one who does it—the six days of creation. Understanding that the seventh day has such a important impact, not only for God in this moment when He took a moment to rest, where He showed us, "Hey, this is what we're supposed to do—is rest." But He also said, "Make it holy," because it's part of the time for worship. Set this apart for God. He's establishing the commandments for us. That he's establishing what we need to do in life, right there. All right. Next question. Let's let's get off our soapbox. Uh, I'll get on my soapbox all day. <laughs> all right. What now? A, f- a favorite topic of ours. Okay. If dinosaurs supposedly lived millions of years ago, where do they fit into the creation story? Well, here comes the argument too, because um, there's really kind of three things we really need to look at here. First off, was the first dinosaur a egg or was it a fully grown dinosaur? The ch- which came first, the chicken or the egg? Exactly. According to creation, God created Adam and Eve. He did not create babies. He created fully grown animals throughout creation. So he would have made these already living adult uh, animals, creatures, dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. So even our timing, we're dating a, so let's say a dinosaur, this is theoretical. All right, please take it theoretically here. This dinosaur takes 40 years to become fully grown. So when it's fully grown here, it's going to be 40 years, according to us, because that's how we observe time. Mm -hmm. But when God created it, so it was one day old, but 40 years old for us. So we had to take in the idea of creation. How old were they when they were afraid on earth? Second thing we really do need to do is take in the idea of uh, how we date fossils. Because one of the biggest things that we have to realize is that at time in Scripture, and actually has been proven, throughout scientific methods, that there was a massive event, cataclysmic event, 
that wiped out the dinosaurs. Everybody says it was a massive meteor. If it was a massive meteor, okay, which caused a massive tidal wave, which caused a flood, which messed up the sediment. Honestly, what it was was God opening up the heavens to pour down for 40 days and 40 nights upon the earth a massive flood that wiped up the earth that covered the highest mountains that we know. The whole world was covered in water. Everything besides what was on the ark was underwater and gone. So whenever water rushes in and smacks earth, if you guys ever want to get a water table, this is like something awesome to work with your kids with. Take a water table, pour some, pour a bucket of water in some sand, and see how quickly that sand moves. It gets shifted, it gets changed, it gets messed around with. Whenever you see that kind of shift in the sand, things get covered up, things get buried deeper than they were originally supposed to be, just from over age and time. So the flood itself changes everything. The third thing we really need to look at is also the uh, fossil indexes that we have. Mm -hmm. Because there's uh, fish out there. I think it was, uh, I might call it the wrong one. I think it was a cyclocanth or something, a cyclocanth, which is a fish that was meant, was a, what we call an index fossil. Like they had found this fossil at the specific level within the earth, and we knew up to that age, this how long ago it would extinct. So we know exactly at what time we could find that. However, then a, a fisherman in Thailand, Pulls one out of the water. Mm-hmm. 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 30, 40 years ago. So, wait a second. So, you're telling me that an index fossil is now inaccurate. So, that tells me that the whole dating process is inaccurate. So, when we really kind of see how we date fossils and things like that, we have to realize that these things are not perfect methods, they're just estimates. And then, when you really kind of estimate something that was already created at a later age, it becomes very difficult. The thing is, let's go and answer this question. Where do dinosaurs fit in the creation? Uh, they were created with Earth's, with, uh, the beast of the land, the beast of the water, the beast of the sky. Because before the sin, before the fall of man, death was not in existence. Mm-hmm. That means everything was just multiplying. But once sin entered the world, so did death by it, or death with it. Well, I think we forget that because we think of dinosaurs as being so long ago before humans. We just get that in our brains for some reason. We forget that they were literally there at the same time. Like dinosaurs and humans walked on the earth at the very same time. And for some reason, like we're very comfortable saying cavemen existed with dinosaurs, but we can't say humanity existed with dinosaurs. We have to specify a certain generation of dinosaurs and a certain generation of man. But in reality, God said when humanity was created, so was dinosaurs as well. They were all at the same time. Like Dinosaurs were one day... Man was the next. You know, this is kind of the shift. I mean, so we always use this kind of argument to also add it to that gap theory. Well, here's the obvious time to tell you that there's, like, that, that had to be a couple thousand years old because dinosaurs were created this day and we found fossils buried so far down before humans were here. Well, my question is why do we still have living dinosaurs then? Why do we still see things like we can go into the idea of the cryptids? But that's a whole different argument that we could really go down. That is another podcast. We have a whole. That's actually a question we have. But when we kind of think about the cryptos, when we think of the dinosaurs, when we think about these things like fossil uh, index fossils that we're finding now, now we're starting to have issues. Now we're starting to realize that our dating process is not completely accurate. Well, it was created by man, so it's not going to be. Yeah, it's not perfect. And really, when we realize that these people have been making up different ways to date things so many different ways and so many different times just to see, hey, look, we proved it. There's an issue. When you try to disprove God, you're often disproven. Yeah, and you know, it does talk about different 
animals, creatures later on, especially like Book of Job, I believe. Oh, yeah, the behemoth? Yeah, the behemoth. I mean, that's like and people the use as arguments as of like dragons, which that could be a whole nother uh, well, topic. The, the behemoth was, uh, the mammoth was described, oh, it was called by name. The behemoth was described as something that like stood on tender, uh, like on timbers, like they were massive beings, which we can call a brachiosaur at the time. Uh, there's things like the Leviathan. There are beasts that are described to be like the word literally dragon is in the scripture. But uh, when we look at things like the Leviathan, which was meant to be this giant uh, sea creature, some people say it's like what we call the mythical kraken. Some people describe it as a giant lobster that breathes fire. What about that fish that swallowed Jonah? Yeah. Well, what kind of a fish was it? It's a grouper or it's a whale shark. So, you know, I mean, it could be one of those. I don't know. But we also take in the advantage, like, take the fact that fish aren't naturally in the same lifespan as some of them. So, we have dinosaur fish out in the world today, things that have been here for hundreds of years. So, technically, we can see the thousands of years. We're finding creatures that can live as long as, as, long as they keep food, they survive. So as long as they have a food source, they've been here. Well, I mean, there's like tortoises. Think about how long they live. Oh, yeah. Hundreds of years. Yeah. Birds. Yeah. Like parrots. I know I was watching a vet show on TV and they were like, yeah, if you get a parrot, you know, just make sure you have a plan for after you die because they'll outlive you. Yeah. Because <laughs> they'll be here forever. As long as you take care of them. So I think we just get in our little brains like we can't even comprehend that at all in the dinosaur especially with the dinosaurs we think oh that was so long ago <laughs> but in reality it really was not well it's because that's how we were really kind of educated we took theories and said that these are facts and that's one thing that we come to we have to understand that we have to take theories into a glance just as you guys are uh skeptical about scripture this is like because guys we're, we're supposed to be skeptical we're supposed to be critical thinkers we're supposed to look at things and take it for what it is but we have a lot more ske- uh, skeptical viewpoints on things that have been proven such as scripture versus things that have not been proven like things like evolution theory uh the alpha pack theory and stuff like that so just uh, even carbon dating theories and things like that so we just have to be careful with it yeah you know we could probably go on and on and on about dinosaurs but we're going to continue and go on to our next question so we are talking about the creation stories we talked about the seven days we talked about a little bit about man and the animals now, let's talk about the thing that happened at the end of okay. creation. The fall? The fall. Okay. So, if God is good, which we should know, God is good. All the time. Why is there evil in the world? That is probably the best question ever, because what really defines God as good? God is good because God is defined as good. I mean, it's really interesting, but evil is not a byproduct of God. As we see in the book of Romans, it says, uh, As sin entered the world, so did death by it. So sin entered the world. Sin is what causes things like cancer, causes things like evil, uh, disease, things like that, that we find as how is God good when all these bad things are happening to us is because we live in a fallen world. Our sin did not affect God. It it affected the creation that we had dominion over. It affected what we were around. Because humanity sinned, the world has become tormented with evil. It was our choice. It was our action that did this. Not God's. So God can remain good because God created a perfect place. He said at the end of it all, look at. He looked at everything and said, "Hey, look, it is good." He called it good. That means at the time of creation, it was perfect. However, He gave humanity a thing called choice. We had a free will. 
which is often uh, debated, which we can go into the Arminius to Calvinist views of uh, divine sovereignty versus free will. That's a huge battle there. We can go to the Wesleyan if we want to. These are very interesting concepts. Guys, if you want to look these up, just kind of uh, understand free will and Calvinist uh, sovereignty and things like that. All these wonderful viewpoints and theological debates that are out there, go for it. They're wonderful things to just tackle in your free time with your 3,000-page fun reading. But when it comes to when it comes to things like sin and evil versus God's goodness, is we have to realize that our choice doesn't affect God. All right, God created us; we didn't create God. I can't change God. I can't do that. I don't have the power to. So since I did an evil act, all things within humanity that are evil will be evil. But we could be redeemed by the blood of Christ. We can be saved from our sin. We have a choice to come back from it. So God is good all the time. But humanity is flawed. We are sinful and we are evil because of what happened with Adam and Eve in the garden. And we can go into that huge argument of, well, who was actually at fault? Was it just Eve or did Adam do it too or whatever? Well, Adam was in the garden with her. That was his decision. So always be aware of those kind of things. So, huh, those are some really good questions. I didn't know some good questions today. Well, guys, we thank you so much for jumping here on the podcast. We thank you so much for submitting your questions. Please continue to do so. I don't care what level it is. I don't care what you're doing. or uh, I don't care if you think it's very elementary. It should, it should have been something I learned in Sunday school. Or if it's something like, hey, I think everybody else knows this answer. We don't care. We love to hear your questions. We love to try to talk with you and communicate with you. Because this is a way for us to reach out to you guys as much as you guys reach out to us. We'd love to go back and forth with you guys as much as possible. But, hey, if you guys have any more questions, please submit them to us. Where can they find us? You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at AskRevPodcast. You can find us on TikTok at Ask... Oh, that was not right. At Rev.Wayne. That's at Rev.Wayne on the TikTok. And you can send us an email at askrevpodcast at gmail.com. That is askrevpodcast at gmail.com. Guys, we love you guys so much. Thank you so much for being a part of this. And until next time, we love you. Bye. Bye.